FedEx Forum, Growl Towels, Super Grizz, each one a Memphis Grizzlies tradition. This is the Grizzlies Podcast. Alongside columnist Jeff Calkins and pick and pop columnist Chris Harrington, here's beat reporter Ron Tillery. Well, Ron Tillery is on his way back from San Antonio. He is on the phone with us, uh, but because he's on the phone, I am Jeff Calkins and I'll be leading this particular uh, broadcast. Phil was, I mean, uh, uh, Ron was was in San Antonio last night where the Grizzlies dropped their ninth straight game and are in the midst of quite the interesting week. So um, let's start with Ron. Ron, uh, what the hell happened? <laughs> well, I, you know, I think uh, in general, my take on this is that there's been an overreaction by everybody involved. Whether you want to start with Fizz and go to Mark and definitely the organization, uh, because uh, I think ultimately this could have been worked out. Uh, and certainly Fizzdale didn't do anything that was a fireable offense. So um, overreaction, but it's part for the course of the Grizz. I think, Jeff, you, you were asking a question about stability. And they, they give you these these answers that don't add up because I don't see how you can look at how the Grizzlies have operated in terms of their management, which includes coaching, as anything but instability. And so I, I, I think that's really the issue. I'll go to that. Let's We'll go to instability, ownership, management, et cetera. But first, um, Chris, do you think it was an overreaction? Um, I think that's quite possible. It's an overreaction. It's sort of hard to know without being inside inside everything. Like, and Ron certainly knows a little bit better than, than I do, but it's hard to know completely just how bad or how dysfunctional it was before Sunday night relative to Gasol and Fisdale. Certainly, it wasn't like a, 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 it wasn't an isolated thing. It was a culmination, apparently, of a lot of stuff that had been built up between them. Um, I do wonder if if it was so bad that the management decides we can't even go into the locker room tomorrow with everybody or whether you can try to mediate it out and see if you can smooth it over. It, it, it did seem a little rash to me from the outside. Yes. The well, there's 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 two parts of that. I get to just say, there's two parts. Of that. One is from a timing perspective. It makes it look worse that they did it exactly when they did it, within 24 hours of Mark saying what he said and the benching and whatever. So you, and ahead of a, one of the rougher parts of your schedule. Where you, so, where you knew right. they were just going to lose a whole bunch of games. So just from that perspective, even if you ultimately were going to make a change, there's an interesting question as whether you couldn't have staggered along for another week or two. Whether it was ultimately uh, rescuable, I'm sort of with Chris, and... I just don't know. Management tells you that it was not, that it reached a point. They don't say that, right? Management says that it was trending in the wrong direction is what management says. Right. But but behind the scenes, they, 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 behind the scenes, they tell you that it was unsustainable. Uh, the, the, the relationship was, was unsustainable. So over the summer, they obviously made an attempt. Both of them did. It felt like to sort of meet in the middle and that clearly fell apart uh, pretty quickly um, as this season has gone on. What were you going to say, Ron, about uh, about all of this and whether you did think it was retrievable? I think it was because what happened between Fizz and Mark is not uncommon. I mean, you know, I was in Seattle with George Carl and Gary Payton. <clears throat> they fought all the time. Zach and Lionel Hollins, you know, they fought all the time. And so from when Mark says, you know, I didn't always see eye to eye with Fizz, well, I mean, of course he didn't. He didn't see eye to eye with Lionel. He didn't see eye to eye with Dave Yeager, and uh, and he didn't see eye to eye with Fizz. And so you have those those disagreements. What I would say is, you know, I, I've had 
at least three very personal conversations with Mark and, and some texts. And, you know, I'm not going to get into that because out of respect for, for his very uh, direct off the record, candid nature of it. But um, it's very clear to me that he's shook up by this and, and by the notion that he's a coach killer. He acknowledged, I'll say this, he acknowledged a couple things. A, I mean, he was playing like crap. Like, I mean, he, he needed to play better. And I know Mark is like, play the right way. I don't care about scoring, but shooting 30-something percent during the eight-game losing streak at the time Fears got uh, fired was unacceptable, and he understands that. And then he also acknowledged that the way that he reacts and the way that he talks in moments of frustrations can put can be off-putting to coaches. And so, you know, that led to some sort of paranoia with Dave Yeager and – that led to, you know, some knucking and bucking with, with Fisdale. And so, but I don't, I, I don't get the impression that he ever thought the guy would be fired. It's interesting then that management decided that it was unsustainable because management very clearly yeah. decided. There are people out there who think that even that though it, it hasn't come out, that Gasol Chris, won, yeah. you know, asked for him to be fired or re- requested that even though no one mm-hmm. will say that, there are people who believe that that happened. And you, you're saying, Ron, that is not how this, this game came down. <laughs> Well, I mean, I listen, I've known Mark, you know, for a long, long time. And we, I mean, th- here's the same guy who who said, uh, who summons me to his locker and, and said, they better not trade Mike Conley, <laughs> you know, and went and said, write this, write that. But, you know, I, I believe him when he says he doesn't have that in his character. Uh, do Now, now, do I believe that he vented to perhaps his agent or someone in the Grizzlies? And then maybe they took it a step further. Yeah, because uh, what's left out in that that uh, crossing paths in the in the uh, in the uh, weight room that Mark mentioned with Dave Fisdale is that Mark was on the phone. Right. So but I, I don't I don't I don't believe that he actually dialed up Robert Perra and, and said, hey, you got to get rid of this guy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, um, you know, I, I think, you know, there, I, there's a lot that Mark needs to own, and I think he's owning it. But, again, I, I think he – I mean, I think he's, he, he is legitimately stunned that, that the coach got fired. It puts him in a very bad spot at this point, whether it's for his own doing or not. No matter how it plays out, it certainly has put him in a very difficult spot. Your thoughts on that, Chris? Well, what I was going to – I, mean, I, I agree. It does put Gasol. It, it sort of puts the spotlight on him, and and you're seeing that in terms of fan reaction. What I was going to ask Ron was, if it was not a direct, like we, you know, Marcus Gasol got this coach fired, you know, quote unquote. If you're trying to guesswork what the rationale was for actually pulling the trigger when they did on Monday, to me, you, you come up with three things. There's what they actually said, which may be the truth, which was. This thing is not going in the right direction as a team. We don't think it's going to get better. We have to do this now to try to salvage the season because we don't think we're going to win. And it's more than just Fisdale and Gasol, although that's part of it. It also could be the team trying to head off a potential Gasol trade request down the line if it continues to have this poor performance and poor relationship with the coach. Maybe they're anticipating something that hasn't happened yet they're trying to avoid. Or maybe a third part of it could be... 
if this season is going the wrong way, um, you know, let's let's put the blame on on the coach before it gets to us, right? right. And so, right. in that matrix of potential rationale, it's like, where do you think it is? Well, I, you know, the I I think we probably all agree that you know the idea of the trending theory is just bullcrap. I mean, if you want to talk about trending, how about how competitive? You know, the Grizzlies were in the series against the Spurs. Now, they weren't supposed to win that series, but they they made it entertaining and competitive. And then they followed that up by uh, starting five and one this season. And one of the main reasons why they started trending downward is because of the injuries. <laughs> so, I mean, like the coaching change wasn't going to uh, make a difference in that regard. And we saw that uh, last night against San Antonio. I mean, this team has to get healthy. And in fact, I was told that uh, Fisdale was safe uh, about two days before he got fired for that reason, that we want to see what they look like when they're healthy. When you were told that, though, do you believe it's interesting to me? Because when you were told that he was safe two days before he got fired, there are two, two ways to interpret that. One, that at the time he was safe and then that this blow up Sunday is really what changed everything. The other way is that. They lied to you when they were saying he was safe, or they weren't. Re- he <laughs> right. wasn't one hundred percent safe. They were just they they weren't thinking it was good. They were already thinking about whether this was going to go the right way, and yeah. that he wasn't was not in fact one hundred percent safe. And then they pulled yeah. the trigger because of Sunday. I don't know which of those is true. And I'm not I'm not right. saying there's something nefarious about someone saying that. A lot of people would tell you the coach is safe even if they're not safe. That's not uncommon. But I don't know which right. way to read that. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, the dreaded vote of confidence, right? Right. <laughs> so, um, but no, I, you know, I think what it all comes down to is now you just have to believe what you want to believe in terms of what the motivation was for firing Fisdale the day after Mark went on his rant to set up Mark to be the coach killer. Like, you know, and I, I said this to Mark. <clears throat> I said, there's nothing I can write that's going to put more gasoline on this or fix it more than excuse me, more than what the Grizzlies did to you. I mean, somebody in that front office had to know that the timing of this was going to be detrimental to Mark's reputation. I mean, that's how it works. Like, he he didn't play in the fourth quarter on Sunday, and they didn't wait a day. It took hours for them to fire the coach, and and it just looks no other way. Well, and that's why I wonder if uh, I just sort of wrote this and something I'm, that's going up online is if if the goal was to mollify Mark and to head off the trade request, as you just said, Chris, right. and, and to continue to build around Mark going forward, it would be weird. And I don't know if this is the correct word of ironic or not, but it would be weird if the way they actually did it is something that that speeds the ultimate departure because it has cast him as a villain. He doesn't like to be at the center of a circus. That's never what he's wants to be. And you right. actually wonder if, if it could, no matter what the intent was, if it could backfire, Chris, I, I think that that depends on how things play out both on the floor and, and in terms of public perception, I, I would suppose, um, you know, it's all guesswork at this point. I, yeah. I, I certainly don't think that is the intent. And my guess would still be that will not be the outcome. Right. Do you back back to what uh, Ron said at the beginning, which is stability. Um, It is sort of strange that there have been three straight coaches fired here with who've all been to varying or lesser degrees successful. Um, Now, 
you can just look at that in the abstract and say, my God, that's a dysfunctional organization. Or you and we all know that there were reasons for all of it. Lionel was fired because of Jason Levy and fired him. Jason Levy was then fired. And then so then they then then and Jaeger was his guy. And so then Jaeger was fired because he didn't get along with that management. And now this thing like there have been different reasons and different personalities and different iterations of this management group who've been involved in all of this. I guess Robert Perra is the common link. So I I don't know. Where do you trace that instability to, Ron? Well, I I think it's the impulsive nature in which they they make decisions. And and you mentioned Levy, and boy, do I hate to think that he might be right. (laughs) Because on the way out the door, he was leaking stories about how loony Robert Perry is, the, the controlling owner. And and, you know, OK, so let's just take the Mark and 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 Fisdale situation, you know, for what it's worth. You know, what Fizz did is what I've seen a lot of coaches do. You know, I don't think what he did was wrong. I think how he did it might have been wrong because, you know, they never communicated to Mark. But, I, you know, you know, you can say, well, he doesn't have the championships that Pop has, you know, to pull out all your starters and just go with a different group. But he doesn't have the the uh, the championships that uh, Phil, Phil Jackson has just to pull out all the starters and go with a different group. Um, um, but, you know, he he he, did, he he made a desperate move. But guess what? He also owned it. And I think the, the, the mistake that Mark made in that moment was going on and on and on about how he's led this team and how it was wrong. But he never owned, you know, how poorly he was playing and how he was not helping the team and, and didn't step up and say, um, you know, I need to play better. So that's why I said, you know, like it didn't have to happen the way it happened, because, you know, you can you can get in the room and 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 knock and buck and work those things out, because let's face it. I mean, we all are have been around Mark a long time. We understand he, him wanting to play the right way. And, you know, he comes from a, 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 a culture uh, in Spain where they're all like brothers and they, you know, do this, that, and the other, but the NBA is different. I mean, it's a player's league and, you know, Mark is a two time max guy. They don't max you out, you know, not to go score the basketball. If, if you want to just, you know, be a facilitator, then go play for free in Spain. And so, you know, I so I, I think that's where he went wrong. But again, I go back to my original point. I, I just think it was an overreaction because I think it could have been worked out because at the end of the day, Mark's a good dude and David Fisdale is a good dude. And they both have one thing in common. They want to win and they're passionate about doing that. One of, one of my biggest questions out of this that I don't have a good feel for, and, and if anyone outside the organization would, it would be you, Ron. We, we talked about how the timing of this decision puts Gasol in sort of a poor light. We've seen that in terms of media reaction nationally. We've seen that in terms of fan reaction locally. What does it do for him inside that locker room? To me, that's one of the biggest questions we don't have a good feel for. Yeah, I was trying to get a really good read on that, and I have not. Uh, yet, because, you know, this is all pretty fresh. But I can tell you what, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if there are some guys that are walking in there going, well, man, I guess this is the, the Memphis Gasols. You know, this is Mark's team. You know, Mark's calling the shots. It's no different than, uh, and you know, I may even attempt to talk to Chandler Parsons about this. It's no different than Chandler Parsons' relationship with Mark Cuban, where it got to the point where his teammates thought that that Chandler had way too much influence on decisions, well, on personnel. 
So I think it would be naive to think that there aren't certain p- players who are thinking a certain kind of way. Um, and in fact, Mark admitted that he talked a lot with Mike Conley about the perception. And again, these are questions that need to be answered. And, and these are things that we can't answer right now because we don't know. I, w- I wish I knew. It's funny because I wish I did know exactly how this went down. In other words, the story from the organization is fundamentally that game ends. There's a conference call involving the regular basketball people, Chris Wallace and, and John Hollinger and Ed Stefanski. Right. And, and that they decide this is what should happen and that they then convey it to Robert, who then approves it. And that's the way it happens. That's that's what the chain of command. That's that that's the and they say that that basketball group makes all the basketball decisions. And no matter what you think of how Chris Wallace presents himself, that's how decisions are made, etc. There is clearly a perception, whether it's fair. I, I don't know the answer to this. That it, it's as you just said, Looney Robert Para or the mysterious <laughs> right. Joe Abadi or the whatever. And I don't know. Like there is. I don't know that we can know the answer to that. I, uh, but they certainly, those are two very different versions of how this happened, Ron. Well, it runs counter to their message every time something like this goes down. I mean, Dave Yeager was supposed to be lock and step with the franchise. He's the guy that, you know, we're going to move forward with in, in, in a certain way. And then he gets out of source with management, you know, you know, according to them, then they go out and they have this exhaustive coaching search and they handpick this hot young assistant and he's going to move the, the Grizzlies into um, uh, the new era of the NBA and past grit and grind. And, and David Fisdale is going to develop players like we want to develop players. And, and, and there was no indication that he was a disaster. I mean, Mark Ivoroni was a disaster. Right, right. No, David <laughs> so, Fisdale was not a disaster by any. No, by so, any, you could argue he had some things to learn. You could, yes, but he was di- yeah. not a disaster. No, I mean yeah. the, the on court so, coaching resume does not warrant a firing by any stretch. Whatever you think of it, it is not. Yeah. There's nowhere close to warranting that at that time. Right. Nowhere. Yeah. Close. So he gets 101 games. That doesn't make sense. Like, if you're a Grizzlies fan, like, how, how do you feel like this franchise is stable? And then beyond yeah. that, as, as as you said, they handpick this guy, and I, I wrote this in a column earlier. And then basically everything that he wants, they do. They paint the walls because he wants the wall painted. The the chairs in the locker room are facing towards the center of the locker because he wants the chairs facing towards the center of the locker. He wants Ben McLemore because he's a pet project. They get Ben McLemore. He wants to keep. Uh, uh, he wants to keep uh, uh, Mario Chalmers, and so they keep Mario Chalmers. They they want to play differently. They want to get, like the whole thing was built to his specifications. And I really do wonder now who is the architect of what comes next. Chris, I'll ask you. Well, it sounds like it, it is highly, highly likely Bickerstaff will coach out this season, and they'll have a, a long term decision to make this summer. And I think I think everyone is wondering who's not only who will be making that decision given the current framework, but is, will the current framework even be there? A, you have this ownership question hovering behind everything. Right, that's true. I suspect that will not be resolved, or or not at least resolved in a way that would change the current situation. But even if even if you know, assuming Robert Perry is still the controlling owner going into the summer, is there going to come a point where he's going to reevaluate that front office? And so. You know the the question of who's going to make the decision. Like we don't we don't know for certain who even the owner is going to be next summer. 
Well, I would submit this, I, I, and I know, and rightfully so, we, we talked about Joe Abadi because, I mean, let's face it, that, that guy has, uh, you know, he's, been, he's got his fingerprints all over this team, uh, business and basketball-wise. But I would submit this. I, I wouldn't underestimate the influence that Ed Stefanski has because he is as accomplished, if not more, than Chris Wallace. And, um, you know, he's a guy who almost got another GM job this summer um and 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 there, there there are some indications that they listen to him perhaps more than chris chris is toothless the odd thing about what you're saying though ron is that you're talking about an owner who does not live in memphis and is never in memphis you're talking about a you know consigliere lawyer you know you know advisor who does not live in Memphis and is recently is never here. He used to be here a lot. He's not here much anymore. And Joe Body, you talk about a front office guy, Ed Stefanski, who doesn't live in Memphis and isn't here very often. So none of these three guys are on the ground very often here. Yeah. Well, that's that's well. I mean, that's how dysfunctional it is. But I mean, but I mean, like Chris, Chris is the is just a face. I mean, I I thought it was kind of uh, interesting that in the press release uh, for the firing of 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 uh david fisdale that the quote from chris was i i decided when does that ever happen right they i mean like they 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 go all out to make to make you believe yeah to make you believe that he's 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 making the decisions and i don't think there's any reason to believe that all right let me let me uh let me ask this question Everyone in the universe, of course, everyone in the universe was was writing this before the season began. This is the year that Marcus All is going to get traded, and now they're writing it with more vigor than ever. Um, I would ask you each of you two questions: Do you believe that Marcus All will be traded this year? A. And if you were GM, would you trade him this year? B. We'll start with you, Ron. Well, A, I think it's fifty fifty. I think I think it depends on if they can get this thing turned around by mid January. You know, uh Mike Conley's coming back uh I guess around Christmas and um you know they, they gotta get back in the playoff race. Um if not, I think it's very possible. And then B, it depends on if you believe the conspiracy theory that they set Mark up as the coach killer so that they could say it's just not working. Okay, uh, it didn't work with the coach, and it's not working with Mark. So, you know, we got to move on. Would you deal him? At this point, I would. And you know what? I'm going to say this. <clears throat> if I were Mark, okay, let's just assume, and I'm, I'm not saying he did this. Let's just assume he said, Fizz has got to go. <clears throat> if I were Mark, I would have pulled a pile. I would have said, look, you guys are rebuilding. You guys are, um, you know, changing, you know, thing for the long term. We're not a contender. I'm going to be 33 in January. Please trade me. If if you find it in your spare time to consider, like Mark did. Mark Mark's trade trade demand. I mean, Powell, Powell's trade demand was so weak, but but he did it nonetheless. I I would just say, look, just go ahead, get something for me. Like it's been great. Now, when you do that, there's no guarantee where you go. I mean, I, I don't think he gets as lucky as Powell and, and gets to a team that that's ready made to win the championship. 
but I would have asked out. Uh, Chris, those two questions? I'm going to write about all of this in much more detail tomorrow, but short <laughs> versions would be, I do, everyone seems to think that the decision about trading Marcus All or not trading Marcus All is tied to the team's record this season, and I don't believe that to be necessarily the case. And I think it's much more tied to what Marcus All wants. Um, I think the team is unlikely to trade Marcus All unless he asks to be traded almost regardless of how this current season plays out. So that's my answer to the first part. Um, what and, I, you know, before you go on, I, I will agree with you on that because I've been told that as long as Robert owns this team, Mark's not getting moved. Right. So so that's my answer to the yeah. first part. I, I think it's unlikely yeah. to happen um, this season. Um, the second part was, would I do it? The problem with that question, whenever we sort of, and this is what I'm going to get into tomorrow, sort of trying to choose from a distance what path the team should take, right. there's a variable in there that we don't know that they do or do to a better degree, and that is, if you decide to make trades, what trades can you make? I think when people start to daydream these deals, they daydream much better case scenarios than what really exists. And so whether I would trade Marcus All or not, you know, the, the cop-out answer is that depends, depends on what, on what, the, what, what the deal right. is. Right. I do not think, barring the Cleveland scenario everyone talks about, which I think would unlike, be unlikely to happen, but if if you could get the Brooklyn pick from them, you got to think about doing that. I don't think you can do. I don't think I don't see that as a thing that would realistically happen. If it did present itself, then you got to seriously think about that. Absent that, I don't believe there would be a Marcus All trade out there this season that would accelerate a full rebuild the way people think it would. I just, for a lot of reasons, which I'll write about tomorrow, I don't think that kind of deal, this idealized, blow it up and right. get off, get, get, get yourself off to a good start get on the your, next get era. Get your Danny Ainge collection from the I, I don't, I don't believe that trade is, 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 is out there this season unless it's Cleveland. Yeah. And even then, I think it's unlikely. To take up those two but, questions myself, um, I do – here's what I believe. I'm, I absolutely believe, and I've just written that he'll be traded if he wants to be traded. Um, I think, oddly enough, the chances – I just mentioned earlier on the podcast – I think the chances that he might want to be traded have perhaps gone up after that, ra- this rather than down. I can't, I can't read that. I don't for a minute actually believe that they set him up to look like a villain so they could then trade him. But I do think the upshot of this, the timing of this, makes him look more like a villain. And it reminded me a little bit of – you brought up Pow, Ron. It made a little bit of Pow. In the end, Pow wanted to be traded for two reasons, or what had happened was as follows. Their playoff run was over. The team wasn't going anywhere. And Pow, at the end, was deeply unappreciated in Memphis, where he was an extraordinarily skilled player, but people wanted him to be something other than what he was. And so he was not appreciated here. Dealing him at that point wasn't even that much of a PR blow. Um, and dealing him at that point wasn't even that much of a PR blow, and um, and it just sort of felt like it was time. Now you have with Mark, he is. Uh, it looks like this playoff run could be over, and weirdly enough, I think now for very different reasons, Mark is unappreciated here in the same, in, 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 in or starting to be unappreciated here because they want him to be something other than he is, which is uh, unselfish, spoke center of the center of the wheel, as opposed to the quote-unquote alpha dog that people seem to want him to be. And so he's going down the same path that his brother went down where everyone wants him to be something that he is and he might just say, fine, I'll go somewhere else. Barring that... I do believe that they will keep him in Memphis, but I think there's a greater likelihood than previous uh, that they will choose to trade him. In terms of what they should do, 
I think that I've always thought that when you choose to blow it up and rebuild, the future can be a lot uglier than you think. And 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 I actually don't mind a future that it would include healthy Mark, healthy Mike, and let's say they miss the playoffs this year and they end up picking eighth or fifth or sixth, or maybe they get lucky and pick first. That is a fun year next year when you can give up your first round pick to Boston, which you owe them without a whole lot of consequence. And it's just as bright a version of the future as anything that involves taking dynamite to the whole deal. Here's the problem with the pallet outlet. Go ahead, Ron. Yeah. Oh, I, I was going to, no, you go ahead, because I, I I think we'll probably end on my question. I have a question okay. for both of you guys. Here's the problem yeah. with the PAL comparison, or yeah. at least one of them, the big one. PAL didn't have a mic, a Mike Conley. Right. When it got to the point that they traded PAL Gasol, he was all alone. It was a team that was crumbling around him. They were, and he was they were the, 13 and 33. And he, really was, bad. he was yep. the one guy. Like, it was time, right? Yeah, the mic having Mike there complicates it in two ways. One, it makes the 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 quote unquote blow up, tear it down, rebuild from scratch a lot harder because you're not talking about moving one max contract. You're actually talking about moving three because you got Conley and Jalen Parsons, and the Conley and Parsons deals are harder to move than the Gasol deal for injury reasons and because the Conley deal is so much actually significantly larger. But it also gives you more faith that you can turn it around and what you're saying and like even if you're bad this year, turn it back around next year because you don't have the one guy you're trying to piece around. You got two who are really good right. if they're healthy. And so I think the presence of Mike Conley sort of complicates that going both ways. Ron, what were you going to say? Well, I, I, I would just say this, and this is no in no way an indictment on Marcus All. He's a three-time All-Star, two-time Max guy. I mean, one of the best big men in the league. But I would ask you guys, and this is what I found myself thinking about in, in, in the wake of all of this this turmoil. Where are you going with Marcus Hall? Where are you ever going with this? Like, where, <laughs> where, you, where is this where team are you ever going, going if, with this for team? Like, eighty five percent of the league at any time. Yeah, right? I mean, that's the problem. If the goal is to quote unquote win a championship, like, I, you know, like I have never There's thought like maybe for the last seven or eight years. Where were you going? You're going to eighth or seventh or sixth. You're going to first or second round of the playoffs, and that's where you're going. But yeah. no one. Well, they, they they made the West Finals and didn't build on it. I mean, like, I mean, ultimately, that's what Chris Wallace said about Powell. Where are we going with them? And and that was the 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 uh, you know right. No, I get that. They were trade. in a very dire yeah. place there. They were thirteen <laughs> and thirty three. And maybe you will get to that point here. But I but I it, you could look up and seven and twelve becomes you know eight and twenty. Like that, that wouldn't yeah, shock that anybody. Would not, right? not shock me at all. No. So yeah. uh, all right. Well, uh, it has been a hell of a week, and I don't know when's the next win, Ron. <laughs> you tell me. I had somebody <laughs> who theorized. I had somebody who theorized. You know what? Uh, when it looked like they would lose that Brooklyn game, they were like, oh, they're going to go and win it in, in Sacramento. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, San Antonio, and then come back and get blown out at home against uh, San Antonio. I said, you know what? That would be the Grizzlies. <laughs> but that didn't happen. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It, I mean, they got to get healthy. And, and, and that's such a broad statement, but they just really need Mike Conley back. Yeah. Because they they don't have any room for error on this team. I mean, and and you're dealing with a lot of marginal guys, marginal NBA guys. 
Right. And I do think that fundamentally, all of us agree that the, or I, the, the, the fundamental problems have been injury and roster related. I mean, you have a, a roster that is um, shaky to begin with or has a lot of sort of random pieces to begin with. And then it has been absolutely decimated by injuries. And none of that yeah. is David Fisdale's fault. All right. We will uh, we will be back, I guess, next week to talk about all of this some more. Chris Harrington will have a pick and pop up Friday morning on the subject of Mark Gasol. You should read that. Ron will have more on this as he follows the team. They play San Antonio next. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon. The Grizzlies podcast is hosted by Ron Tillery, Jeff Calkins, and Chris Harrington, and posts each week during the regular season at commercialappeal.com. You can also subscribe to the Grizzlies podcast for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. The Grizzlies podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal.